0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Showdown Hoedown, a little special three-game slate. I guess it's weird to call it Showdown when it's three games, but I like the fucking intro, so I'm going to keep it. What's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate75. I'm a high limit DFS player who focuses only on two sports, golf and football, because there's only so many damn hours in a day, and I can only do so much. If you like the cut of my jib, I encourage you to come check out the schedule. The big guy stays busy, do content year-round, and uh, focus a lot on uh, game theory contest selection and helping you not be a dumbass. So, without further ado, let's get going. We always start where we always start. And that's contest selection. Here you go. The big $20 tomorrow? Tomorrow. We're on Wednesday right now. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. You be thankful, you mother father. Here's what you need to know. This contest, 40% of the money goes to first. You play in it, you're a dumb shit. I'll make you the same rule I make for everybody else. If you max enter it, I'll leave you alone. If you max enter it, then that you can play in it and I will not talk shit. But if you want to just go throw your 10 lineups in it, have a little fun on the holiday, you know, be able to check in on your phone while you're at the in-laws, because you know you don't want to hang out with them. Well then you know, you want to take that hundred and fifty bucks and do it? Don't put it in this. Actually, that'd be two hundred bucks because they you the twenty dollar tickets tomorrow. Don't don't do a bob. Don't do it. You know what you should do? You should go toss you should go hop in this $100 single entry. That's what you should do. You should go toss you should go hop in this $50 single entry. That's what you should do. You want to play a whole bunch of lineups? Go j- go jump in the 20 max $3. Go play in the $12 single entry, the $5 single entry. Shit. Even if you're going to – you got to play a $150 and you don't want to enter the max, at least go do the $9 because the payout structure is not asshole uh, in it like the millionaire maker. So there you go. There you go. That is the free first advice. Pick good contests and that's where it's at. Hey – uh, Sunday, I always do this. The 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 Generate 75 League, uh, free winner. You get a winner. The winner of this league it costs you nothing to be in it. You don't have to fucking sign up or anything. You just go hop in this. The details are in the uh, the description here, and you get a free Millionaire Maker ticket that you'll build with me if you win. Second place, free month on the Discord. So check that out, you mother father. It takes like no time to get in it. Uh, hey. You can't help but notice the big guy's getting real close to 2,000 subscribers. Help me out, because there's no ads on these videos. So at least just give the man a like and a sub. All right, let's get to the three-game slate. We'll be using Run the Sims, which we always use, because I think it's the best tool-assisted site out there. we got a little three-game slate. As you can see, the Buffalo-Detroit game is way higher total. So why does that matter? Well, first of all, because it's the highest total. We know that that is most correlated to chalk. And if you don't know, chalk is high ownership. Why? Because when there's a high total, that usually equals more DFS points. More DFS points equals people wanting to have access to that game more. And when that is the case, you're going to get the chalkiest players coming from that game. So no surprise. Detroit and Buffalo is the chalkiest game. But because it is the earliest game, as you can see, it kicks off at 11.30 in the Lord's time zone. You get out of here with your dick East Coast time zone. Alright? Because it is the first game, it actually offers us tons of strategy tomorrow. I implore you to listen to me on this, brother. Please listen to me. If you cannot do, if you cannot be checking your lineups tomorrow, you know, like say you're doing five lineups. Okay. And you can't, you don't have enough time to check in on how they're doing throughout the day. You're going to be busy, you know, being a normal, functional human being and spending time with your family and driving and doing all the shit you got to do on Thanksgiving. Right. I understand, but I will tell you this. Tomorrow is probably the biggest edge that you'll ever get in late swap because the games are so perfectly timed out and the chalkiest game is early in the day that if you can be on your phone and monitoring how your lineups are doing, you have a huge edge tomorrow to use late swap to your advantage. And this is something that new players and inexperienced players don't do enough is use late swap. And there is never a day all year that late swap is more useful in the NFL than it will be tomorrow for Thanksgiving. So let's talk a little bit about that and help you walk through the strategy while also talking about some potential. Uh, uh, ways to attack these games first of all if you don't know Josh Allen is without question the best play tomorrow at quarterback right the optimizer has him falling in the optimals 38% of the time but you know it doesn't take a real genius to figure out that $8,000 Josh Allen playing at basically the Coors field of the NFL is going to be the nuts play tomorrow right he's the best fantasy quarterback he's playing against a shitty defense and he's playing in a dome everything you would want to see right you got to play him he's the absolute best play Or you don't. Because here's the thing. If Josh Allen tomorrow puts up like 16 or 18 points, he will almost assuredly, almost assuredly not in the optimals. And I would bet that he is probably going to be 50% owned in many single entry and three max tournaments tomorrow. So if he just goes out and just has an average day, 16, 17, 18 points, which isn't a horrendous day, just like kind of a you know meddling below average day, he will almost certainly kill 50% of all lineups and GPPs. So if you have a lot of stones, you can really make a huge stand in the early game and just not play Josh Allen, who I think will probably be 50% owned on a three-game slate, which is insane when you got six quarterbacks to choose from and one of them is going to gobble up 50% of the ownership. He will probably be more owned than the other five combined, specifically in single entries. And so because of that and the, the softer pricing, we this allows us some really uh, tricky moves that we could do here, right? So what you do? This is just one strategy. I don't give a fuck who you play or how you play. I'm just giving you some ideas to think about. They're your lineups. It's your money, so do what you want, brother. But if you fade Josh Allen and then all of a sudden he has 16.5 points tomorrow, and well now you're in the now you're in the driver's seat right because you've just faded him and now you've got quarterbacks in these late two games that if they outscore him uh you know which is not going to be a very tall task to outscore 16.5 points. Not only will you be getting more points, you'll also be saving more money as Josh Allen is the cheapest quarterback. But more than that is now it allows you to switch to the chalkiest pieces in the later games, right? Because you've already gotten off of that chalk, you can now go switch to Ramondre Stevenson, right? You can now go switch to Saquon Barkley because you can eat that chalk because you avoided the chalk in the first game. And the flip side of this, and this is a very, very real possibility because Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL, especially at fantasy, is that Josh Allen has 32 points in the early game. And if you completely faded him, you're probably going to be fucked. Okay, that, that is a real possibility. But there is still a chance to save it because of late swap. Now what you do, Josh Allen smashed, 50% of lineups have him, and you're playing catch up the rest of the day. Okay. Well, now what you do is you go look at these games and you start looking at where you can pivot to get off chalk and get some high leverage players, right? You go look at maybe a Zeke. You go look at maybe a Michael Gallup. You go look at an Adam Thielen. You go look at a Damian Harris. These guys that offer 20, 25 point upside that you'll almost certainly be able to get it under 10% ownership, right? And because of that, you can have you can help offset that gap and then hope that your quarterback, you know, at least scores on pace with what Josh Allen does. Not as far as total points, but you know, points per dollar. And when you do that, it really gives you a chance to either have huge leverage on the field by an early Josh Allen fade, and I guess we could probably throw Stefan Diggs in that too. He will probably be the chalkiest wide receiver because if you didn't see DraftKings made the pricing tomorrow super super soft. Diggs down to 8000, Amon-Ra down to 66. These guys are going to be mega chalk tomorrow. So if you fade them or you know two of them or whatever and you get away with it, well now all of a sudden you're very very live for the rest of the afternoon. If the chalk hits in the early game, well now you know what you need to do the rest of the day to try to go, you know, still move up the GPP leaderboards, maybe save a min cash or something like that, right? So that is how you use late swap to your advantage tomorrow. We are so lucky that the chalkiest game is early in the day because it offers us the most strategic advantages that we could have. Now, if you play the Josh Allen stack and it goes off, well, good for you. It makes a lot of sense. I would say the Josh Allen stack is the most likely win to go off tomorrow. I'm just saying for people that are playing to win big GBBs, I'm just putting it out there. It is a very viable option to fade Josh Allen. But for those of you who do hit a nice Josh Allen stack, maybe you you stack Josh Allen in a way that not everybody else is stacking him, right? Like you go play, you go play a Gabe Davis who nobody ever wants to play, right? You go look... <clears throat> at his receivers, and you start playing guys that might be... Isaiah McKenzie was horrific last week. Nobody's going to want to play him, so you go stack him that way. And now, if your Josh Allen stack hits, and it's a little bit different than everybody else's Josh Allen stack, now, you basically already have the early nuts play, and you just, once again, you go hop on all the chalkiest, best plays in the afternoon, knowing that that's what most people are going to play, and you've already boxed so many of them out because you hit the nuts, low own guy in the early game. Rather that is Gabe Davis, rather that is Isaiah McKenzie, Devin Singletary, uh, Dawson Knox, whoever it is that you think is it could go off in that Allen stack or maybe it's your run back from Detroit right maybe you just have the nuts run back that nobody's thinking maybe uh, Khalif Raymond has one of those random two touchdown nine catches 110 yard games and get you like 32 points right this is these are, these are things that could happen and when you hit that early game rather you hit it fading the Allen stack or rather you hit it playing the Allen stack it offers you such an advantage on what you can do with the rest of your lineup the rest of the day to highly out leverage the field and this is really the only time we get this all year, right? We get this on Sunday with the afternoon games and the, 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 the earlier games, right? But this one is three different games. It's like we have three different stacked games, and the chalkiest one is going off early. And it's only one game as opposed to, like, eight early games on Sunday. So ginormous edge, Okay? This is why I'm the game theory guy. This is the kind of shit I talk about. Now let's just talk about these games. Uh, now that we've got this out of the way, the first thing you got to remember, I've already said it once, uh, pro- pricing is soft as shit tomorrow. It is baby shit soft. Okay? And because of that, uh, it makes guys very, very affordable. Josh Allen at 8000 on this slate is laughable. Game. Same thing, Stefan Diggs at 8,000. They got my man uh, 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 Justin Jefferson down to 8,200. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing, DraftKings? See, they know all the noobs are playing tomorrow and they want to make it easy for all those slap dicks to make lineups. So they're just going to go play, oh, I've heard of that guy. I'm going to play him. Okay, so they have to make super soft pricing to get, you know, the slappies who just want to have a lineup to track for the day. So you get that super soft pricing. So you've got to be aware that that super soft pricing is going to lead to chalky players becoming even more chalky than normal. Okay? You got to understand that. So, in this first game, you got to, you know, the Bills have just a ginormous total, right? A ginormous total. And because of that, it, 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 the math would say that you should probably play a lot of Bills. But you have to ask yourself this at what rate does their optimizer start to get? outran by their ownership, right? If I tell you that Josh Allen is 38% to show up on the optimizer, but he's going to be 55% owned, I would say that I would just take that chance that I have a almost a one in three chance that half of the field is going to be dead if Josh, Fi- or Josh Fields, Josh Allen, I went to, Josh Fields is the old baseball player. If Josh Allen has a just average game. Just an average game. Over half the field's dead. That is where I want to be. Now, am I telling you to fade Josh Allen? No. I'm saying if you play Josh Allen, he's a great play. Just maybe play him in a way that other people aren't. Think about his stacking options. Consider stacking him with Singletary, Gabe Davis, uh, 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 Knox, people like that. Because everybody's going to start Allen Diggs. That's what everybody's going to do. Okay. So you, I, you know, to me, it's a great play to maybe just play Allen or maybe just play Diggs, uh, but never play them together. That's just one way that you could be different, right there. Detroit, uh, you know, J- Jamal Williams is just a touchdown monster. Here's the problem with Detroit. Are they going to be able to keep it close, right? This is one thing you got to worry about is the Buffalo blowout. If Buffalo blows them out, let's say it's 28 to three in the third quarter and Buffalo's calling off the dogs. You're like, well, if they've scored 28, Josh Allen got there. Well, maybe, or maybe Devin Singletary has two touchdowns and uh, 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 uh James Cook has a touchdown and Josh Allen just has 220 yards and one passing touchdown, right? That ain't going to get there, brother. So because of that, there are scenarios where Josh Allen doesn't get there. And that's that's all, that's all I need is a chance that he won't get there. But if you're going to run Josh Allen, you really need Detroit to push them, right? And so if you're playing a Josh Allen stack, I think you almost certainly have to run it back with at least one, if not two, Lions. And the kind of Lions that would have big games that would push Josh Allen are going to be your Amon Ross, St. Brown. And here's the sneakiest one of all. DeAndre Swift. You got to figure at some point they're going to realize, oh, he's the most talented player on our team. We should have him go. He's getting more involved in the pass game. I promise you they've been saving him for this big game. Dan Campbell knows his ass is on the hot seat, so I just, just sneaky suspicion that if you're going to run a Buffalo Bills run back, DeAndre Swift is probably the best one. I think Khalif Raymond makes a lot of sense, and I think that Amon Ross St. Brown makes a lot of sense. But I also want to put this out there. It is at home in Detroit, and if you want a quarterback that I think is going to be dramatically under own tomorrow versus the upside he offers, why not just go look at Jared Goff? Jared Goff has very concentrated owners, uh, usage. You know he's going to be throwing to Amon You know he's going to be throwing to Khalif Raymond. You know he's going to be throwing to DeAndre Swift. Uh, and he might even be, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to track uh, DJ Shark's Uh, usage uh, or uh, injury, but if he's back, I think he's a very viable option. So maybe Jared Goff's the way that you get into this game and get different than everybody else, right? Just something to consider uh, because everybody's going to want to play this game because of the high total. And I don't blame you. Mathematically, it makes the most sense to get part of this game. But I will tell you, it is going to be highly owned. So maybe you play part of this game, but not in the way that everybody else is. Let's move on to the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, uh, To me, this is the sneaky shootout game of the slate. I feel like everybody wants to play that first game, so maybe this is the game that I just go stack the shit out of. Grab a couple pieces from this early game. Hope they hit. Hope Josh Allen doesn't break the slate by the first game. And now, I'm Poised to have my preferred shootout game because of the, I think it's going to be a more competitive environment. Although I will tell you, I saw that the Giants are missing a couple offensive linemen, and they already don't, you know, like that. That's kind of a big part of their team. So because of that, I do worry about the Dallas blowout. You can't help but notice the lines the exact same between these two. But the Cowboys have been super efficient on offense uh, these past couple weeks, and so because of that, it makes them very appealing. I think a Dak Prescott is going to be criminally underowned tomorrow. A sixty-two hundred dollar Dak Prescott with that big of a team total. Uh, Andy has some very stackable options with Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, Michael Gallup. Hell, even Pollard seems to be the next Jerry Rice. So I think he's very tricky. Daniel Jones, I have a feeling, is going to be running for his life tomorrow, and that might be a good thing. Maybe there'll be some busted plays where he hits a big one. Maybe he'll have, you know, maybe he'll sneak you 60 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, and you get those 12 bonus points to go with what he gets at passing. He becomes the nuts. Uh Saquon, he can get game scripted out. Whenever the, they get behind, he is not near as good. You need the Giants being in this game and it being competitive. So if you're projecting a Dallas blowout, well, then you definitely don't want to be eating an $8,000 Saquon Barkley in your lineup. But if you think the Giants can push it or the Giants are going to be playing from ahead, Saquon's probably the best running back play on the slate uh, as far as upside goes, right? You also got to ask yourself, if you were to run a Daniel Jones stack, I would say he usually doesn't get two wide receivers there. So I'd be very strategic how I stack him. I would probably only skinny stack him, right? I might run a Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and then a Slayton right? Something like that. Maybe even Richie James, if you're really, really gross, right? Uh, But he just doesn't have very many great stackable options. So Danny Dimes is a super GPP play tomorrow if you like to take risks. But just know that if you're trying to get two receivers there with him, he probably can't do it. So I'm playing him. If I'm playing him trying to be sneaky in GPPs tomorrow, I'm only stacking him once. And then the final game, the game that everybody will have just you know like not left any players for, this is the game where you go catch everybody, right? This is the game where you're not even sitting close to the money, then all of a sudden this game smashes and you win a GPP, because nobody's playing this game. Here's what everybody's going to do. They're going to have one or two players in their lineup from this game, and it's almost certainly going to be Ramondre Stevenson, because he's you know just turned into everybody's favorite DFS running back, and Justin Jefferson, because he's too damn good to be 8,200, right? Uh, plus he has better home and away splits. So, because of that, this game starts to get really, really appealing, right? This is a game that you could really save a lot of your pieces for. And if you're doing really, really well, well, then you make sure to have Jefferson and Stevenson in your lineup because so many other people will that now you can box those people out. If you've had a kind of a shitty day, you get off Jefferson. You get off Stevenson. You go play uh, Damian uh, Harris instead of Stevenson. You go play Adam Thielen and Hawkinson instead of Jefferson, right? These are the moves you make depending on how your lineups are performing. And if you're busy all day with family stuff and you're not going to be checking in on your lineups, this is the great disservice you're doing yourself. Because if you Are in the catbird seat heading into the final game. You can literally box out 99% of the people behind you simply by just playing the right guys, knowing how good your lineup is relative to everybody else. You played Dak, who got 27. Everybody else played Josh Allen, who got 17. You have a ginormous edge on the field, right? So now you want to go take all the chalky pieces, and they're chalky because they're better plays, and you're going to just play the odds that your guys will continue to box out the people behind you, and you already have that big edge because of what you've done in the earlier games, right? So maybe you had a Damian Harris in there, right? But because your early pivots already paid off, your Dak Prescott off of Josh Allen already paid off. Now you get off Damian Harris, you go play the safer Ramondre Stevenson. That's what you're going to do. Now, as far as the actual plays, you, uh, there's always the narrative that the Patriots love to take away the number one weapon from the other team. And I think we can all agree Justin Jefferson is the number one weapon. So if you want to buy that narrative, well, then that starts to make people like TJ Hawkinson and Adam Thielen super appealing, Right. And you well you do got to worry the Patriots tend to historically be very good against tight ends and they love to take away the number one so in theory that would make Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook smash plays right that would make them smash plays no one's going to play Kirk Cousins based on how he's been playing they looked horrific last week largely due to his inefficiency so he at fifty six hundred is just a crazy leverage play Um, you know uh, uh, Kirk Cousins always has a three touchdown three hundred yard game in him and if he does that he will at fifty six hundred he will almost certainly be in the optimals uh, unless Allen goes for. Something ridiculous like 40 tomorrow right uh from there uh the flip side no one and i mean not a soul alive is going to play mac jones tomorrow and on a on a three-game slate where all the quarterbacks and you know in theory could could get there you could probably get mac jones i don't want to be dramatic but if he's over 10 percent, i would be shocked uh, i think he'll be closer to five percent and so a mac jones jacoby myers ramondre stevenson stack is a stack that no one's going to be playing You've saved it all day. Hopefully your pieces earlier in the day have hit. And if your earlier pieces have hit, and now you've got this weird stack, now maybe you start asking yourself some questions. Do I want to stick with this weird stack? Or do I want to you know, maybe move it to something safer? Maybe a Kirk Cousins Jefferson stack. Last thing I want to say is when you're doing this, make sure to keep your guys in this game in your super flex, right? Because, not your super flex, you can tell I do college football, in your flex, because that will allow you the freedom to put a wide receiver or a running back or a tight end there if you need to, right? Furthermore, also be aware of salary, right? It's better to have Jefferson in there so that you can switch to Thielen because he's cheaper than it is to have Thielen in there and think that you're going to magically jump to Jefferson because that's a $3,300 slot. So if you think and you might go Thielen to Jefferson in the last game, you better have another spot. You better have Dalvin Cook in there and be ready to jump down to, you know, whoever will, 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 uh, 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 a Hawkinson or somebody or, uh, you know, somebody cheap, uh, Kendrick Bourne, right? Because you're going to need to free up that salary. So have a plan in place. If this lineup is going well, I can flip these two for these two, and now I'll I'll, ha- I'll box out a lot of people in the late game. If things aren't going well, I'll take these two and switch them to these two. got to plan it out, right? Don't just arbitrarily go in it and then hope the math works out. Have a plan. Don't do a ton of lineups for tomorrow. Keep it under 10. Hand make them and have a strategy for all of them. That's what you need to do tomorrow. Take advantage of the biggest thing tomorrow isn't your fucking picks. It's playing the game, and the game tomorrow is late swing Strategy playing the leverage game and quit worrying about. I've got a feeling about this guy. That's what all the dumbasses that are tossing their one lineup in the millionaire maker who are making it on the shitter before they head over to grandma's are doing. Don't be those guys, don't do it, Bob. All right, guys, I think that's it. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you want more, I will be doing a stream the hour leading up tomorrow. It's over on my Discord, which is connected through my Patreon. Great fucking community over there, it grows every day. Do me a favor, go give me a follow on Twitter, blasting towards 3,500 kick some ass tomorrow. If you hit anything big, share it with me on Twitter. Never be afraid to reach out to me. I don't take myself too serious, and I'll always give you a thoughtful response. I hope you kick some ass tomorrow. Good luck, you mother fathers. Enjoy my outro.